You're on air with Douglas, where fans are connected to their favorite celebrities. And now, here's your host, Douglas. All right, everybody. Happy Martin Luther King Day. It is Monday, January 20th. We're coming to you live at 4.30 p.m. on the West Coast. And today, I have David with me. David, what's going on on your side of the world? Oh, nothing. Just catching up on my DVR. I didn't DVR um, Revenge, so I'm watching that. And, um, yeah, just relaxing on MLK yeah. Day. And okay Day, yeah. Well, yeah. this is a good day. This is a good day. Um, this is he's uh, our guest tonight, uh, Mr. Christoph St. John. This is his fourth time back to the show, and this time we're going to be talking about his brand new documentary called A Man Called, Called God. Uh, you can go to mancalledgodmovie.com and uh, re- you know watch the different trailers, see the synopsis. I mean, I'm just I cannot wait to see this. This is, just looks amazing, and I'm ready to just dive right in. Welcome to the show, Christoph. Hello, hey Dougie Doug, <laughs> aka Dougie Fresh, and there's David from David and Goliath. Who's, uh, Blue the giant. Is that what you did, David? Woo, baby. You are crazy. Yeah, I know. I know. That's what people say. But listen, first of all, let me say happy Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. It's a very auspicious, special day. Uh, I feel the love. It's all around. Do you feel it too, fellas? Oh, yeah. I feel it. I feel it all over. Okay, let me get get this out of the way. A special uh, shout-out to my girls deep, deep, deep undercover in the woods as they figure out an exit strategy and an entrance into a brand-new world. So a shout-out to them and then to Paris and Julian and Lula, my kids, big kisses and hugs, and everybody else in the fam, Y&R included. This is a very uh, auspicious day. I'm glad to be a part of your show. Oh, thank you so much for coming back. And it was great to see you this last uh, past summer at the Y&R cake cutting event and the um, the meet and greet uh, greet as well uh, for the fan event as well. So it was great to see you. Back then, so, and I just I just kind of follow you everywhere because I also saw you when I lived in Tampa. I got to go see you in 2011, so I just kind of like follow wherever Christoph goes. Uh oh. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's Uh-oh. nice, man. Yeah, to see you down in Tampa, and then the 40th anniversary, which was a real treat to be a part of. We had yeah. the red carpet it, there. Yeah, that was really awesome. A lot of involved with the cast and all the hierarchy of uh, the show. We had Steve Cant, uh, uh, Angelica McDaniel. I mean. You know, this, uh-huh. the show has changed hands a number of times over the years since I've been there, but the constant has been Sony and Steve Kent, mm-hmm. Steve mm-hmm. Moscow, the people who have stood by the show, also mm-hmm. Bell Phillip Productions. I mean, that's the obvious, Bill, Bill Bell Sr., Lee Phillip Bell, uh, the boys, Bradley and, and Billy, along yeah. with Laura Lee. It's, uh, it, it has been a real family, and I know we hear this a lot with actors from shows. It is. And, and then, you know, it, it also isn't at times. There's some dysfunction in our family, but we, we sure have a great time doing it. We're, we're proud to put it on, you know, every day of the week, 52 weeks a year. It's, it's such a treat to be a part of this, uh, this show. Yeah, and you just keep bringing it. You've got all kinds of new stuff since we last talked. Now you're involved a little bit deeper with, uh, you know, Neil and Leslie are now involved, and we got got some troublemaking coming up with, uh, you know, this girl that's stalking Abby, and so you're, and then, you know, your, your family... Uh, Little Mr. D- Devon uh, inherited all of Catherine's money. And, you wait, know, wait, wait, wait a second. Dougie Doug, a.k.a. Dougie Fresh. Let's go <laughs> back to what you just said. Little Mr. Devon, do I have to call Brighton on the phone and say, oh. is this referred to as Little Mr. Devon on mm. the On Air with Doug show? <laughs> oh. Oh. Well, I guess I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just like uh, 
kind of like, how can he not know? You know, why is no credit card company calling him a little bit more often? Because I drove across okay. country from Florida to California, and every time I got gas, my stuff was locked down. So come on now. That's why I kind of said that. <laughs> well, Doug, in all honesty, if you're going to pick on a credit card company not calling Devon, then what about all the stuff that's happened over the years, the decapitations, people ending up in trash compactors, you know, Victor holding Brad in the, in the, in the jail cell? Come on, man. It's always, you know, implausible stuff that takes our attention. Right. And, and yeah. soap opera is no different. That's why we do yeah. so, because there are situations which are completely fantastic, uh, completely fantasy lines, fantasy mm-hmm. land based. So it, it's, uh, it's a soap, man. That's what we got. Yep, and, I, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. So I'm anxious to see what 2014 has in store for the Winners family, you know, especially uh, Lily and Kang, because now they bought the, the athletic club and got Hillary that's dipping in their business. So there's some good stuff for the Winners family. I'm really glad to see more of you on this this, uh, this last year. So that's great. Thank you, Doug. Also, we're uh, we're going to bring you guys excellent. So cool. Thank you. I uh, send you a big congratulations to you and also the YNR family as YNR was renewed uh, until 2017. So congratulations on that. We got some more Genoa City for the next few years at least. Yes, we do. We'll starting uh, next July through uh, that, that'll start the three-year period through 2017. We did get renewed, and hats off to everybody involved. Exactly. Um, well, I just want to say this this documentary. I mean, I mean, there's not much to go by except for what's on the website, but just the trailer itself is mesmerizing. I mean, my, my you know, you've been tweeting a lot about it and stuff, and that's how I, that's why I invited you on today. But um, I, I just found it so in, incredibly like in depth. Like there's so many there's so many questions, but of course you know we haven't seen it yet because it hasn't debuted. Uh, first off, um, I know you're going to be doing some film festivals. Um, that are on your website, uh, the San Diego Black Film Fest, uh, the Pan-African Film Festival, and then the American Documentary Film Festival and fun over the next few months. But, uh, you know, where can, you know, when will it be available for, you know, a wider audience? Well, first of all, um, let me start with, we'll, we'll talk about the history in the beginning of, of the film. But mm-hmm. let me start off by saying we have a world premiere for this documentary in San Diego, not this week, but next week. It's mm-hmm. going to be February 1st in the Gas Lamp Quarter, downtown San Diego. Um, if you need information about it, you can go to www.sdbff.com. That's San Diego Black Film mm-hmm. It'll have information about the exact location. But I just mm-hmm. I want people to be aware that that is our world premiere uh, oh. in the festival status. And then we, go, we come right back to Los Angeles a week later and do our Los Angeles premiere at the Pan-African Film Festival. If you want information about that, that's www.p is in Paul, org. Mm-hmm. And our screening dates on that are the 9th of February, I believe it's 6.30. And on the 14th, Valentine's Day, hey, for all you lovers out there, that's going to be at 3.15. And that's at the old Magic Johnson Theaters, the Rave 15 Cinema, right off of Martin Luther King Boulevard in Englewood. So if you're in the hood, no pun intended, then come on down, buy some tickets, and come see our show. And then we turn around a month later, and we're going to be in sunny, beautiful Palm Springs, California, for the American Documentary Film Festival. And the mm-hmm. date on that is not yet set. I know the date for the festival is around the 27th, but our screening date hasn't been set. So mm-hmm. that's the uh, information about the festival. Now, to answer your question, Doug and David, um, you know, we, uh, we started this whole thing uh, 34 years ago. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's taken a, a real life of its own. This journey 
is, uh, is, is most amazing, and I've been living it. So I, I kept real quiet about it over the years. And mm-hmm. it's something that I've been working on patiently, laboring over it for the past almost year and a half. And finally, mm-hmm. I'm happy with a cut that uh, I think will shock the audiences. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's not stock value, but again, I, I, I have to say maybe it is. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, has, um, it has shades of the Jonestown cult, if, if anyone's unaware of that. Yeah. Jim Jones back in the day and Guyana held uh, almost 1,000 people captive uh, by wow. his charismatic uh, presence, which was ultimately used in such an evil way, and I feel sorry for those that were involved with that. Mm-hmm. But uh, just under just under 1,000 people perished at the hands of Jim Jones because they drank, get ready for this, cyanide-laced Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. And women and children, babies, mm-hmm. little babies, were forced to drink the Kool-Aid. Many of them unknowingly drank this Kool-Aid. In fact, they were having a party. They were having this party with music and song and dance and thought that all was well. But you know what? It wasn't. Unfortunately, one man, one man brought them all down. Mm -hmm. And it's it's such a sad, tragic event. When we witness stuff like that in life, we have to ask and wonder and question why? Mm-hmm. Why did God let this happen? And I must say that I'm from the school that, yeah, it's a little, maybe you don't agree, but everything in life is for a reason. Mm-hmm. That signpost up ahead, we turn left, we turn right, we go straight. Everything is for a reason. Connect the dots. Everything that is happening around us all the time, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be happening. And, mm-hmm. of course, we have our own free will, right. but indeed... This is, this is what it's supposed to be. It's made by design. It's the master plan, and there's nothing that we can do about it. You know, yeah. sometimes we, we have a voice, and, and we can shout loud about what we're trying to do. But, you know, I've been very patient with a man called God, and I'm just so happy that we've gotten it to the point where we're going to release it. Your original question was, where can we see this after the premieres? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to be on DVD. We're going to take this through the festival route. We want to we birth it, so to speak, throughout the next year, mm-hmm. get some acclaim, critical acclaim from the festivals. Mm-hmm. I do believe that this is just three of a few more that we're going to be entered into and be selected. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not looking to win, although that would be nice. It's always nice mm-hmm. to have accolades. Oh, yeah. But, you know, bottom line is we don't know when it's going to be available for the masses to see Mm-hmm. via television or DVD. We're, we're gunning for a theatrical release, which means we have to find distribution, mm-hmm. domestic and internationally. And once we procure that, acquire that, then we'll be able to drop the bomb on theaters nationwide. Mm-hmm. So that's the, uh, that's the plan. Yeah. Well, I guess the, 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 the next question I had with, with reviewing this is, why did it take so long? To, did it was it just now feel right to, to, to come out with this or you know to, I guess well kind of like to explain that to us Doug so oftentimes in Hollywood projects we don't know this you guys don't know this uh, I you know uh, unless I read about it I wouldn't know but so mm-hmm. often projects are sitting around for 10 15 mm-hmm. years 20 years mm-hmm. you know I mean Sylvester Stallone way back in the day 
he had written Rocky, refused to give up on it. They were they were taking his script, but not him with it. And mm-hmm. he said, "No, man, that's BS. I'm going with it, no matter where. I have to play this role this role of, of Rocky, mm-hmm. Rocky Balboa." Now imagine if if Sylvester had decided, "Yeah, you know what? You can have the script and put a." put Redford in it or put Newman in it because they were big big stars at the time in the early 70s, mm-hmm. mid-70s. Mm-hmm. And where would he be as an actor today? Probably nowhere near where he is. So with conviction, oh. that dude made it happen. You know, he waited around for a while. There's many projects that have to sit on the shelf. One day, season goes, hey, what about this one? He just did it, he just did it with another project. Mm-hmm. He had a script mm-hmm. that he had written 20 years ago. And uh, he, uh, he pulled out and said, I can't remember which one it was. It wasn't Prisoner. I just saw it. I can't remember. Maybe it was. Anyway, <clears throat> um, that's, that's the reason why. 34 years ago when we shot this, mm-hmm. we, didn't really know, we didn't really know truthfully what to do with it. Mm-hmm. It was, it, to, to back up in the history, um, I was 14 when we did this project. And we had already been involved with the cult, this Hindu cult, that Satya Sai Baba, full name Bhagavan Sri Satya Sai Baba, mm-hmm. was at head of. And he lives in southern India. And so we were living in um, we were living in Southern California. And we my mother, my stepmother, had heard about this man and she started going to these meetings in Los Angeles. There were quite a few people at these meetings. It was like church. People sat around and they prayed. They didn't speak in tongues, but they might as well have. Um, And it was all adulation and prayer about their Lord and Savior, Satya Sai Baba, this man, this miracle man who had the power, has the power to materialize things out of thin air. Dig that concept, yo. You got Mm -hmm. Madame Blavatsky back in the day. In, in Europe, in Germany, who supposedly could teleport objects from one room to the other. I mean, we're talking about some deep kind of New Age esoterical stuff that my parents were involved with in the early, mid, late 70s. And all of this culminated in our journey to southern India to film this documentary that was requested by Satya Sai Baba because my father, being a filmmaker, uh, and a damn good one, having starred in Shaft with Richard Roundtree. He was the third lead in that. He played Ben Buford. He had just wrote, produced, directed, and starred in Top of the Heat, another film that critically acclaimed. He got put on the blacklist for it. Yeah. He had political views. Not to get too long-winded here, but it was a very interesting 10-year period through the 70s that we lived. And then when we decided to go there and film this documentary, and we had 15 hours on 16 mil. We came back to the States with our story from there, and we all looked at each other and said, how do we do this? What do we do? And my dad decided to put it in the vault and leave it there, and literally leave it there in the vault, temperature controlled, so that the film would not degrade or disintegrate. About five years ago, my dad got a bug about it and decided to pull it out and started messing with it but couldn't figure it out. And I sat down with him and I asked him, let me, let me take a stab at it. Let me just put the material together. Let's see what we can come up with. And the story is, which we wouldn't have done 34 years ago, the story is all through my eyes. It's my narration. It's my story. 
mm-hmm. and it's heavier than you think, and it's a very beautiful, epic, dangerous, dark. The beautiful side of evil is what I like to call it. There's mm-hmm. such a darkness to it, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. And I get chills when I talk about it because it was my life, yeah. and I'm bringing it to those that want to see it now. And hopefully my journey will help other people that are out there not to go through this same thing. I'm telling you, expose the truth and warn the people. Mm-hmm. This is what I must do. This is my mission. Even though I'm an actor on Young and the Restless, which is a beautiful by design show that I've somehow latched onto in my early 20s. My, you know, I've had my, my children. My children have grown up since I've been on that show. But this project... A Man Called God is my baby, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that this is a journey that people take with me and, and understand. Yeah. Now, you know, when, you went over, when your family went over there, did you have any idea that it was going to be like this? I mean, because I mean, back then, you know, we didn't have, um, we had news, of course, but we didn't have social media and, you know, that instant access. So did you have a, any idea that this was going to be the, the result when you got there? No, I had no idea. I was a spectator in the audience. Mm-hmm. Although I was the star of the of the piece and not in that way, you know, mm-hmm. this, this grand stage of life, I, I was a spectator and it was all happening so fast, you know, and I'm the one who got in there down and dirty and started discovering, uncovering, mm-hmm. and ultimately recovering and trying to, you know, warn my parents about the dangers and things that were, that I was watching. You know, but I guess maybe, you know, it's something about children and animals mm-hmm. that uh, maybe they're a little closer to the goodness and innocence and are able to pick up on things. I'm not sure. I just know that, that the masses there, the adults, were seemingly in a trance. They were brainwashed. They were taken over. They were manipulated. They were misguided, unfortunately. And yeah. I, I, I didn't... I didn't realize it, no. I really didn't until later. Yeah. Did you have, I mean, you know, experiencing something such, you know, in such a way like that, you know, with in different ways, people have experienced things traumatic in their lives um, and had an impact on them for either a lifetime or for a long while after. Did, did that have an effect on you for a long time? Or uh, did it still, do you still have, you know, I don't know, you know, memories or flashbacks, you know, often about it, especially now since you work on the project. That's a very good question, Doug. Um, of course, the, uh, the fallout was very large. You know, um, my metaphors are, are, are deep with, it was, like a, it was like Hiroshima and Nagasaki for me. You know, mm-hmm. and, I, and I say that with all the metaphor that it's intended for. Many people perished at the hands of the atomic bomb, but it was just such a nuclear explosion in, in my life, in my young life. Mm-hmm. And I was able to hurdle over it many years later. I mean, I had, to, I had to go through really my first marriage and first divorce until I started dealing with what that whole event was. And, and I think I had to look in the eyes of my children in order to understand the gravity and the depth of what it was for me. Yeah. You know, and that's what, that's what their innocence did for me. So I hope that answers your question. No, yeah, that, that's perfect. Now, in the trailer, at, at the end of the trailer, it, said, you know, it says, and this is not a spoiler or anything because it's on the trailer, it says that it's still going on. So 
Mm. Is this is this person still alive, or is there just a new generation, or what? You know, well, if you cover them. Yeah, you're going to have to watch the film to really find out all the the idiosyncrasies, the nuances, the the you know really the 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 end of this story, which is really the beginning for some. Yeah. Um, you know, the, yes, the the organization is is thriving. I mean, it's it's a huge huge deal. There are mm-hmm. 50 million followers worldwide, mm-hmm. um, and I can tell you that yes, this man has passed as of last year or the year before. Um, okay. He died on Easter Sunday. He died on Easter Sunday, which is only fitting for who he was, what he represented, and the evil that he carried with him. It must have mm-hmm. been a heavy sack on his back, you know, and mm-hmm. he, even, even he, you know, I have, you know, I forgive and bless and hope that, you know, his spirit found some salvation at the end. But let me tell you something, man, there's people that are, the infighting that's going along now in that organization is just unbelievable. It's a very, very rich organization, um, mm-hmm. not the trust. And yeah. I, I, to be honest with you, Doug, to be very, very blunt, there are a lot of people that don't want to see this movie out. Mm-hmm. And I fear, I fear no evil. And mm-hmm. I walk, I walk like a straight, you know, in a straight line. But there is a little trepidation about the people that, you know, are, are from that darkness that may not want to see this, do not want to see this material exposed mm-hmm. and will try to approach. And, you know, I rebuke them, man. I'll go, I'll, I'll go after them. You can't hide. Yeah. You cannot hide. This evil, this evil is so, is so strong. Doug, I don't think you understand. I told you about Jonestown. Yeah. That was 1,000 people that were in his camp. And Martin Luther King, you know, I, I, I found this quote about evil and it affected me so much because this is what you know I this is what I told you this is my mission this is what I must do mm-hmm. and MLK said he who passively accepts evil is as much involved in it as he who helps to perpetrate it mm-hmm. he who accepts evil without protesting against it is really cooperating with it and that is too true that means that if I sit idly by with this information and do not warn people, and, and dig it, you know, this is information that's deep, 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 deep undercover, yeah. okay? Mm-hmm. It's not some fly-by-night silly information, you know? This is, this, is, this is affecting millions. This is 50 million people who are already involved, and how many more millions of people will go to this individual mm-hmm. and sign up and become a part of that camp and not understand that they're signing up for something that's all wrong? So anyway, yeah. that's that. we we must be on the same wavelength because my next question was going to be, do you feel there's going to be any aftermath of this release of people that are in this uh, this situation that's going on? And you already answered it, so that was my uh, final question. Well, that. yeah, but the, the end of it is there are snipers everywhere. Yeah. There are snipers yeah. gunning from every every angle and every direction, and you know the Lord will protect me, and I, I mm-hmm. this I know. You know, yeah. and, and I trudge, I trudge very carefully. You know, I don't want to use too many cliches, but you know, I'm carrying a big stick. Mm-hmm. And as, as I as I, I'm getting older, I'm realizing how short life really is. Although yes. life continues after life, but mm-hmm. we only have this one life. And and I intend to do whatever I must do in order to be that ambassador of um, of faith 
and definitely, you know, to expose this uh, this horrible, horrible man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and you know, it's, I mean, just to to go to the soap for a second, um, you know, on screen, Nikki is in, is getting involved with a storyline similar to this, or going back to a storyline that you know happened in the seventies. So that's just kind of kind of wild that you you know you have a fictional situation going on on your soap, and then you have a real life you know real life thing that's going on. So uh, have, has has there been any conversation between you and Melody you know about this about the coincidences no, of this? Oh. <laughs> that's a good segue back to the show. But yeah, no man, listen. Melody Thomas Scott, I, I love her, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, she's a beautiful – everyone is on that show, man. He, I wish people knew. I wish they yeah. really knew how beautiful and, and wonderful and, and just treasured these people are that I yeah. work with. And, and their track records are just stellar. You mm-hmm. know? And, and so Melody and I have, have never spoken about uh, this cult. And, and I really, like I said, I've, I've been on the QT. I've been – you know, keeping a low, low profile, low, low, low like my afro. But <laughs> the truth is, um, if you if you look at storylines that have occurred in the past, if I look at them, and I digress for one second here, mm-hmm. in 2006, when I had the storyline of, um, it was actually the coming out of Neil, and it was the first time that I, you know, as the actor, I felt so confident that, you know, I was getting storyline, uh, and and Lynn Marie Latham, who was writing the show. I worked, I worked so many days that year, and it was really, Neil changed his, his wardrobe, he got out of the suits, he mm-hmm. started wearing shirts and jeans and slacks, and, and he got involved with this new lady named Carmen Mesta. And it was actually mm-hmm. in front of his wife who went bananas and ballistic and got very jealous about it, although there wasn't an involvement sexually. It was just really a business thing that was starting to turn into a romance. And, yeah. and, and so the divorce or the, the, the relationship with Drew was, was on shaky ground. And guess what? My, my whole world was being turned upside down that year with my relationship with my wife. And, you know, oh, I, had a wow. three-year-old, I had a three-year-old uh, daughter. I had a three-year-old daughter with her at the time. Lola was three. And I could not believe the similarities of what was mm. happening in my real life and what was happening on the show. And, you know, wow. I started banging weights like, a, like, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Man, I would get in the gym all the time trying to, you know, divert attention. And I'd go to mm. work. And, and go through this whole cathartic experience of, wow, man, my life is on this stage now. And then when she went over the cliff, dig this, dig this, oh, man. When, when she went over the cliff, Drusilla, mm-hmm. that was the month that I, that I, was, that I got my, the divorce was final. Right? Wow. So it was all done and over. It was all done and gone. And Thanks. as I went to the balance of 2007, the remainder of that year, it really, it stopped. But that for there was a, a good nine month period which mirrored my my real life to a T. Wow, that is that is that is wild. Wow. Um, but so I'm just going to go back to the to the doc now because um, uh, David has some questions for you regarding the doc. Well, sure. first off, I want to say thank you for bringing that story. But did you realize you look like Drake? <laughs> you? I'm looking at this because I just saw Drake on um, Saturday Night Live, and I'm looking at this little boy with an afro. I'm like, is that Drake? No, that's Chris. Oh, oh man. Wow, you guys look so much alike. Well, brother, if you weren't a brother, then I would say, man, this is the wrong day to be telling me that. I'm <laughs> 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 But, uh, hey, 
I've heard it all. I've heard it all from El DeBars to Alfonso Ribeiro when he was on Silver Spoons. Somebody actually said Robbie Allen Rippey way back. And I said, man, that little brother was eating hamburgers on that Burger King commercial. I don't look nothing like it. We just had a big ass <laughs> at the time. Whoever said that you know? to you could not find them and slap them because that's not true. Drake <laughs> is the closest to what you look like, and I could not no, believe man. it. No, I, I no, I didn't have it. No, this Mario Van Peebles who's out there, he could be part of my family. I uh, could see that. Quite a I few, but that. okay, if you say so. Then uh, yeah. Drake is cool because I like my dude very much. So exactly. that's a compliment. Thank you. I, I think so. But I was thinking this as you were um, explaining. Now, I am a strong black brother, you know. I'm strong, and I have the saying, people can only do to you what you let them do. Yeah. So my question is, do you feel that these people who are susceptible to this guy, this, this cult, do you think there's something missing that they're just, like, charismatic and, oh, drawn into him? Because I don't care how charismatic you are. If you aren't hitting the spots in my life that I want, then I'm not listening to you. So do you feel that, that's, that there's something missing in these people's lives that draw them into these, these cult leaders? Brother David, there's... there's uh, a lot to this answer. I'm, I'm, I'm really going to try to keep this short. Um, it's, it's about mind control. See, David, Doug, there are forces that we know not of. There are spirits and forces that, that exist around us that we have no control over. I'm not saying that there's ghosts flying here and there and being crazy. I'm mm-hmm. saying that all we have to do is look at our world history. And, you know, the, the, the Greeks and the Romans who had the, the strongest empires in the world that had, to, that had to come to their knees because of their society that was, you know, full of scandal, full of manipulation. And ultimately war took them out. But uh, there, was, there was a lot of, um, you know, there was a lot of bad stuff going on. And that's, that's what I'm, I'm saying is, is, is really occurring with, with, these, with these leaders that are charismatic, that do... Um, um, amass a lot of followers and they're able to control them it's not just them it's not just their you know what their thoughts and and their speeches that they give it's really about an overall sort of world of evil manipulation and evil and people are drawn in like magnets if you don't have mm-hmm. a strong foundation you're going to be that, drawn in the wrong direction mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so that's that's you know that's pretty much it but i mean there's a there's a lot more to it than that but yeah now, how do you get out of that, and, and what happens when you do? It, it, it's probably like when somebody escapes a, a kidnapper and then goes home. How do you go back to your normal life? Um, well, that, that, I guess there's a lot of healing that must take place before you go back to your normal life, and that can take years. It can take months. I, I guess it depends on the individual, man you know, and how deep you got in and what happened, you know, to you or those around you. Um, you know, that, that particular cult, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I can just say it like this. My stepmother, Maria, lovely mm-hmm. lady, a British actress, very intelligent. I mean, she was the lady in my life who was so strong, a pillar of strength that she didn't let me date any girls. She kept me out of trouble. She, I mean, even when I was, you know, 17, 18, she was telling me, until you get married. I mean, all this stuff. And I, I respected her for it, but, you know, mm-hmm. she, um, she was manipulated to the point where she really believed 
that this man was God. God mm-hmm. incarnate, walking the planet among mm-hmm. them. And, and so she was so far gone with that. I had, at the time, I didn't understand it, but I had to take stock of it later and, and, think, and, and say, well, she was obviously taken hostage. They right. this kidnapped, her, kidnapped her soul and her mind and, and did her in. And she wasn't able to tether to anything, any kind of foundation until years later. And I was, you know, responsible for helping her to achieve that. But she was stuck, man. She was glued to this guy. And my dad, you know, he was kind of ambivalent about it. He, he you know, he, he didn't really understand it. He was sort of along for the ride with his missus. And I, right. I understand that because I've, I've done a few things in my life where I just kind of blindly went because my wife or my ex-wives, you know, would, would lead me there. But nothing, nothing like this with this magnitude. Right. Mm. Well, um, the only other thing I have to say um, is thank you for sharing that story, how your personal life and your on-screen life were paralleling, because so many times you turn on the TV and you just see the screen. You don't have any idea what's going on behind the scenes. And I just, it makes you human to hear that Neil and Christoph were going through the thick of it. And... Mm -hmm. You know, I, I just appreciate you, you being open and honest about it. I really do. Yo, man, n- nobody really knows mm. unless you're there. Exactly. Nobody really knows. And, and mm-hmm. all I can do is say I can tell you that mm-hmm. my experience there was this and that, that mm-hmm. I was able to get out, and I'm a better man now because of it, and I'm able to raise my children as a, as a better father because yeah. of it. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, man. You know, no one's perfect. I'm far from it. I'm, I'm learning every day. You know, when mm-hmm. I wake up, I have to, you know, look at myself in the mirror and say, what can I do to better my, my approach today to other human beings, man? You know, because that's me. I don't know. It's just, it's just something that I have to do to pursue. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people who don't want to look in the mirror. They don't want to see it for what it is. Exactly. This, this documentary is going to blow the lid off of cults, I think, in general. And I'm just praying that, you know, we get it out there mainstream, get, get good distribution, and are able oh, yeah. to announce, announce its story. So I'm, just, I'm really happy that you guys had me on and we were able to chop this up and discuss it and, you know, um, expose it. So I appreciate yeah. you greatly for that. No problem. And, I, you know, I have, when, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, no, go ahead. No. <laughs> I was just going to have well, one I last was, question regarding the documentary was um, – uh, and I don't if it's if it's in the documentary, then we'll just wait to watch it. But at at that in that time, that era, you know, in India, how do fifty million people worldwide get involved with something like that? I mean, how do they learn about it? I mean, for people like in America or Australia and wherever, I mean, how you know how was that you learn about that back then? Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's do the math and and be smart about this. Um, in India alone, there's what seven hundred, eight hundred million people. Um, mm-hmm. China has what two billion? I mean, we're talking mm-hmm. Southeast Asia and and you know parts of that world, um, or parts of the world are mm-hmm. extremely populated. You know, you come mm-hmm. to a country like this with three hundred and fifty, four hundred million. I can't even remember the right, but definitely, you know, the word, the message is disseminated by those that travel before people and and end up there. I can tell you that John Lennon and the Beatles went to see Satya Sai Baba. I can tell wow. you that. Charles, uh, Prince Charles, you know, he's a big phenomenon 
in other countries that we're not aware of, uh, that, you know, he took the countries by storm. I know Sai Baba never really traveled outside of India except for once. I think he went to Africa once. But his fan base was by word of mouth globally. And, you know, the, the whole mystique of a man called God, not named God because that would be his parents naming him, mm-hmm. but a man called God by millions of followers and the ability, supposedly, to materialize objects out of thin air, the ability to heal people by his touch. The, you know, these are things that I think even more people in America are more apt or more susceptible to run after. Indians, East Indians, this is kind of a, not a, a, a normal occurrence, but there are a lot of people there who believe in magic, black magic. There are a lot of people there who do tri- tricks, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like stuff like digging a hole in the ground and covering themselves up with dirt and staying in the ground for days. And then they dig them back up. And they're, and they're still alive, and the villagers think that this person is, you know, working with white magic. Yeah. Well, it, it's a mindset. And so, you know, I, the word spread quickly, and that's why I think that globally he has such a large fan base. He's, a, he's, he's India's biggest rock star when it comes to gurus, absolutely with, without yeah. a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Well, I just want to thank you so much uh, to, for sharing this. Just, you know, I'm going to you know, parallel what David said. You know, I mean, this is... Definitely, I cannot wait to see where this this goes, and you know, wait to be able to you know view it. I may even come down to LA because I'm not too far from there, and uh, come to the festival if possible to see it because uh, I really want to. I'm interested in this because I not, a couple years ago I watched the the documentary and the film, the TV film on the Jonestown cult, and it just blew me away. So I mean, and that was just you know a thousand people, but that, but this is a this is big. I mean, this this is you know this is another well, we, huge we, huge. We can't- Doug, you can't say just a thousand people. One person dying at the hands of a madman like that is one too many. I'm not. I'm not yeah. chastising you, man. I'm just saying oh, it's no, not no. just that. It, 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 the fact. The fact remains that anyone who can coerce people to drink Kool-Aid mm. and knowingly, a lot of people knew that they were doing this. Mm-hmm. Anyone who can do that is definitely on the list of people who should not be roaming the planet. You know, no. the, the manipulation involved is very deep, very heavy. And, again, we go back to the, the beautiful side of evil. I don't know. There's nothing beautiful of that. That's just the evil of the evil. That's the dark yeah. side. That's the darkest side I've ever, I've ever witnessed. You yeah. know, so definitely, man, um, this movie has shades of that, and, and even more so because of the, the global reach that this man has. Exactly. Well, David uh, wasn't on with us last year when you were on, when we did. Uh, we, we had, uh, for fans out there didn't, didn't know, Kristoff uh, and Angel Conwell were on our show last year for a little – double reunion show and then uh christoph was on my very first year that i was on on 2012 so you can go to on com to get those full uh kind of biography biography type interviews that we had with them uh but david wants to ask a couple uh career questions i guess uh before we let you go so david go ahead before we wrap up well um before i ask those questions i just want to say if people in that organization protest you it makes it look incredibly true. Do you know what I mean? And you have definitely opened the gates for something and it validates everything that you're doing. So I just, I can't wait to see the finished product. Truly. I really can't. But I mean, appreciate that. that. Appreciate that. And uh, hopefully you got my back. 
uh, oh, you absolutely. know, with, with others that when when, oh, yeah. uh, when the pro- when the protesting, if it does start, that there are you know we have an uh, an army of soldiers that stand for righteousness and and goodness and you know this is what we need more of you know people that are willing to kind of stick their necks out and announce you know the truth and what is really happening. In no, India you got today. the gay mafia. Don't worry, the gay mafia is behind you. Don't worry about that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm relying on you two, Dan. I'm relying on you two to pull it together. All right. We got you back You cracked me up. (laughs) I just wanted to say, hats off to Young the Restless, because no matter what goes on, they employ the biggest cast of black folk on daytime. And I have to say hats off, because when I first started watching Soaps, I wanted to see myself. I wanted to see myself represented. And at the time, I saw Generations, Hello. And I love that show. And I love you you and Miss Vivica. Thank you. And I'm still waiting for Stephanie to come back to Y&R. So, (laughs) Malcolm, and hey, Drew's not there. Stephanie can come back. See, I know what I'm talking about when I talk about your, your career here. You do, Vivica Fox, yeah. Vivica Fox was, uh, yeah, I love her. That's my girl. Why don't you tell your girl to come on? Drew's not there to kick her butt, so what's up with that? (laughs) Well, that's from your lips to God's ears. I mean, very briefly, there's been quite a few African-American roles on our show over the 23 years Mm -hmm. that I've been there, and, you know, some head writers see see it differently about how to utilize the characters. Um, Mm -hmm. But definitely, you know, I've been a constant... Um, and you know that says something. I, uh, yeah, I, I've heard the cliche. I'd rather be lucky than good. Mm-hmm. Although in acting, I don't know if that means one's ego is completely crushed in that statement. Right. Um, I, I'd rather be lucky and good. Right. <laughs> I don't know if I can have both, but damn it, that seems to have somewhat occurred. And you know, there's there's people out there that. That, that, you know, would, would want to be on the show. And I'm not sure if Vivica still wants to be, but um, that would be up to the powers that be to bring a Vivica Fox back. But she certainly would be a, a welcome character in my book. Mm-hmm. I was loving it when she was on. But then she was paired with Malcolm. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Maya ain't going for his brother. Uh-uh. I wasn't having it. But whatever. It is what it is. Um, yeah. But you're, I love what they did with Leslie, too. I love that she has been on for years, just here and there, and then all of a sudden they made her full-time and they put her with you, and I was like, that's good, that's good, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to say, I think that we do need black writers, but you don't need black writers to tell black stories. You need writers to tell stories, period. Mm-hmm. Um, have you thought about going behind the scenes and maybe writing some stuff? Do they allow actors to do that as a part-time gig? Well, David and and Doug would, from the gay mafia, you trying to get me all up in the all up in the up at my camp, ain't you? Look at you. See, see how you are? I'm, Man, right. I'm we're looking out to talk about you. a documentary, and now it's changed gears. Um, listen, we all digressed on that one, but all I can say is good storytelling is colorless. Um, yes. I, I really leave, I, you know, and I, I, I do it. Come on, man. I mean, the obvious is it's the writing on the wall, you know, and I, I can't, I can't go into in depth about 
what I think yeah. should be behind the scenes. Uh, I am a yeah. producer and a writer and a director, and I have done you know some things. I used to produce a show for CBS called CBS Soap Break. I hosted and produced. A lot of people don't remember the show because it was just short lived, man. But I did that show for about a year, and that was um, you know that was a real treat because I got to interview all of the Bold and the Beautiful and the, and the Young and the Restless cast. I do Shamar, J. Eddie Peck, John McCook, Peter Bergman. You know, we, we, had, a, we had a real nice run with it. Um, but unfortunately that ended. And would I like to produce or, or uh, write for this show? Um, I don't think so, man. I, I don't envy their position, man. They've got a lot of work mm-hmm. to do. Those writers are, man, I mean, and, and I don't know if fans give them the right kind of credit when it comes to how much time they have to spend you know, sure, there's going to be criticism. Hey, listen, everyone's going to be criticized in life. Right, you know, they, they, right. They're not going to please. They're not going to please everybody, obviously. But mm-hmm. uh, it's not something that I aspire to. I, I'd rather, much rather, rather write single camera uh, television or or features. Um, mm-hmm. Multi camera is is quite a job. You either have sitcoms or you have soaps, and it's such a monstrosity to have to create. You know, 52 weeks a year of story, man, the Bible for that? No, yeah. man. So. Well, the only last question I have is, after this whole juggernaut is over, do you, do you have anything in the works as far as what you're doing after this? I do. Yeah, I'm already working on another documentary. I can tell wow. you this. That it's called Swiped, and it's mm-hmm. uh, about credit card fraud. Um and oh, someone wow. in particular, someone in particular that was part of the uh, was part of the founding uh, partners with uh, the Crips. He's an OG, mm-hmm. and it's it's a pretty dangerous world that he was living in, and continues to sort of, you know, uh, straddle the fence on. But uh, his story is fantastically, dangerously, colorfully good, and that's mm-hmm. the one that I'm working on right now, along with another. Uh, concept that I bought the rights to. I can't share that right now, but uh, it's uh, something about the sweethearts of swing. So if if you caught mm. that, then you're going to Google it and you're going to see. Gotcha. Well, like that that has, that's on your show too with um, Lamone and um, Devon. You know Lamone's character. Um, what's his name? Nathan. Nathan and Devon. Jeez, what next? If you <laughs> tell me that your child isn't your child and your baby mama is in, in a coma, I'm just going to, I don't know what I'm going to do. Jeez. <laughs> well, hey, listen, go back to, the, to Mason and Devon. You said, what's going to happen next? Last time I saw them, they were in the sauna together, so you go figure. Who hey. knows what's going to happen? Hey, I was, hey. I, I was writing my own story there, okay? I'm just saying. <laughs> um, I might I, be I just... in Devon that time. Damn. Right? <laughs> Stop. You're so funny. <laughs> you cracked me up. Um, Anyway, I, I just want to say also uh, a big shout-out to Joshua Morrow. Recently he took the comedy and did a few little videos, and I hope he, he, he tweeted me and said okay. he's going to make some more. But you were part of one of these uh, videos called Soaps and Other Stuff, and it was so nice to see Joshua in a comedic role because, you know, he plays such a you know, serious role as, as Nick Newman. And so and you were part of one of these, uh, these, these episodes that he did, and you were, you were quite funny. So what was it like working with him on that little, little skit there? Schwa. Joshua, he's uh, one of the coolest dudes I've ever met. And I don't say that because I think he's listening or anybody's listening. I mean, I'm just doing this for you guys. But um, Schwa is, uh, yeah, man, he's he's, uh, incredibly funny. And his dry sense of of humor, his wit, 
people don't really know about, but I guess now they do because he managed to put some together with uh, with Greg, who works over at YNR. Yeah, man, it's a good it's a good little show. Um, you know, I, I've I've been friends with with Josh uh, since I don't know. He we we both started around the same time. I think he mm-hmm. came in around ninety three. I mean, I got there ninety one, yeah. and yeah. Uh, we've been we've been boys uh, ever since. You know, I've watched his family grow. He's watched mine. You know, let, let me get this straight. It's not like we all hang out, you know, outside outside the studio all the time. But, I mean, throughout the years, we see each other, you know, right. and, and now with social media, we can really catch what's happening. So mm-hmm. um, it, was, it was a good experience working with Josh on that. Yeah. Yeah, he, and he's got a brand-new movie coming out as well this year, and we saw the trailer for it recently, and that looks really good. So it's fun to see, uh, you know, people that we've grown up with, the characters, uh, but also see the actors and actresses go and do something else. For example, Michelle Stafford is now doing the Stafford Project, which was hysterical. I mean, it's just talk mm-hmm. about comedic. She, she got to show her comedic side, and and it's just neat to see these, you know, you know, these different projects that you all are, are doing, um, you know, separate from your character on daytime. Well, thank you. The well, passion projects are uh, yes. are extremely um, rewarding, and uh, yeah. we we uh, strive to you know, bring excellence to the show, but even more than that, we're human beings, people outside the show that aspire for other things, and, you know, you can see what I'm kind of working on right now, not kind of what I am deeply entrenched in, and, mm-hmm. and Michelle and company, Josh, you know, it, you'd be surprised how many of the actors have different things going on. Uh, here's a little bit of trivia. Did you know that Quinn Redeker, who played Rex Sterling mm-hmm. on The Young and Restless, who was married at some point, at one point, to Catherine Chancellor. Mm-hmm. Yes, they were. He co-wrote or wrote The Deer Hunter, the Academy Award-winning film The Deer Hunter, starring Robert De Niro and company. You're right? I just you knew found that, that right? out a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Crazy. So don't be surprised if you see some names, maybe mine too, you know, at the movies one day when you're sitting there munching on your popcorn and bonbons and the <laughs> and the red bonbons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, Christoph, I just want to thank you so much for spending, uh, you know, some time with us today. This is, uh, you know, I, I asked you to come on because I when, I when I when I saw the trailer and I read it, you know, went to the site and read it, I just felt compelled. I was like, I, I want to at least see if you would come on and talk about it because, you know, it's going to be a while until the masses get to see it. But uh, I'm just so proud of, of this for you, and I can't wait to see, uh, you know, what the results are after the festivals, you know. I'm anxious to see, like, you know, reviews and, you know, what, what it's going to lead for you as well. So uh, thank you well, so much for being here. Thank you. I do appreciate it. And uh, the last thing that I want to give to you is a quote by Martin Luther King, Jr. And I'll leave you with this. And thank you for having me on the show. I didn't intend to talk for more than 15 or 20 that like we had talked about before. But, man, I guess this guy did something good. And uh, so anyway, here it goes. <clears throat> History will have to record that the greatest tragedy of this period of social transition was not the strident clamor of the bad people, but the appalling silence of the good people. And that, my friends, is why I am pumping a man called God. Silence gets me nowhere. There exactly. Is that. 
There we go. Well, if uh, you're not following uh, Christoph on Twitter, you definitely need to. He definitely shares some very mind thinking, you know, like things that makes you think. Uh, so make sure you're following him at Christoph St. John with the number one after it, because I remember, you know, when you joined, there was a there was a some jackass out there that's trying to be you. So you have to have to go out and one to it. But that means you're just the only one. See, that's you're, you are number one. You are the only one. So that's <laughs> that. Um, well, anyway. Doug, Doug, the story is that, yeah, he was going out because he was taking my pictures from Facebook and he mm-hmm. was putting them on Twitter and he was really rude to the female fans. I mean, he was just acting, like you said, a, a jerk ass. And, mm-hmm. and so when I went up there, I, I was just, I cringed. And I, I, I did the wrong thing. I tried to do battle with him on Twitter, and all he was doing mm. was throwing it back at me. I got so frustrated. I actually got in touch with the Twitter office and someone very high up in the, on the ladder of Twitter. And so she was responsible for uh, making, you know, making my Twitter page and, and then um, ultimately shutting this person down because of the, the nastiness that was going on. But I couldn't get the migration of the Twitter followers that he already had. I believe at that time... It was something like 4,000, and, and uh, I couldn't bring those fans over, and a lot of them didn't know that I was, you know, they thought that I was the, the fake. So mm-hmm. ain't, ain't no fake here, man. Ain't no fake, no reason to <laughs> day one. Check it out, go. All right, and also go to go and bookmark the website for the documentary. It's man, mancalledgodmovie.com. Be sure to bookmark it and look for the updates uh, so when you know what's coming to your area. So definitely check it out. And Thank you once again. So uh, we will talk to you, you know, I'll bring you back once it's, you know, come full circle. Cool. Shout out again to the girls. Deep, 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 deep undercover. And thank you, Doug. <laughs> thank you, David. Have a wonderful <laughs> rest of the night. Love you guys. And we'll talk uh, soon. You, man. All right. You take All care. Right. Bye. Bye. You Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Oh, goodness. What a treat. He's, he's, I mean, he's just amazing. And, and now I'm just more just like, and all of them. It just this 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 trailer. I mean, the trailer. I just you know, if you haven't seen the trailer, you got to go watch it because it just just two minutes just gets you. You know, you want. I mean, he did a great job of editing the trailer because it draws you in, and you're like, oh, what happened? <laughs> so, it's. Uh, I think that that's comparable to how that guy drew up to them, then, isn't it? You know. Yeah. Very. 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 Uh, very similar. That's cool. So I just want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight to Christoph. Uh, it was kind of like an impromptu uh, last-minute uh, gig, but I'm glad he came on to share his story, and I can't wait till, uh, to be able to see it. Uh, you can go to onairwithdouglas.com to see who's coming up next. And thank you, David, for you know being part of this. I wanted to, not, not because you're black. I just want to be part of it <laughs> uh, and because uh, you know, I, you, you had never spoke to him before, so I'm going to bring you on for that. So Thank you, David. Thank you, all the listeners. Thank you, Christoph. And uh, I'll catch you on the next uh, next show. So take care. Talk to you guys soon. Bye, David. Thanks for listening to tonight's show. Be sure to see what's coming up next at www.onairwithdouglas.com. With over 240 shows in the archives, take a look around and listen to all the great guests you missed. Follow the show on Twitter at On Air with Doug. Until next time, have a great night.